Now, the government's directive to ramp up welfare sanctions to stop what it calls the surge in benefit dependency under Labour is being slammed by parties on the left. And the coalition has told officials that beneficiaries who aren't doing enough to find a job must be penalised more rigorously than they were on the last government's watch. But Labour says that's ignoring the evidence about so-called tough love action. This is punching down from the National Party. They're ignoring all the evidence of what works when it comes to getting people off benefits and into sustainable employment. And the Greens say reducing, suspending or cancelling benefits as a punishment will only mire people in deeper poverty. Sanctions remove people's ability to make ends meet. So all they will do is make people sicker, push people into food banks to make ends meet, and for children in those households, condemning them to a lifetime of growing up in hardship. Well, joining us to discuss the government's welfare reset is Social Development Minister Louise Upston. Kia ora. Good morning, Minister. Good morning, Corrie. I wonder if we could start with a big picture here. We've got a situation with an economy where unemployment is rising, albeit slowly. It is expected to rise back over 5% by next year. In fact, you could argue by design of the Reserve Bank, which is keen to slow demand. Is it reasonable to be putting back tougher sanctions on beneficiaries when they are going to face increased competition for jobs? Yeah, listen, all we're doing with this reset is making sure that those who receive the job seeker benefit understand what their obligations are and they're taking proactive steps to support themselves um, to be in work. Um, There is nothing about the sanctions that um, mean they're applied because someone can't find a job. It's about taking really sensible, practical steps um, to look for a job and and for people who are on the job seeker benefit to do their bit. Mm, But it's the types of jobs too, and it's arguable that you're going to see fewer low-skill jobs, which might be appropriate, there might be more temporary jobs, and that can, of course, um, create more stress and complications for people who are already quite vulnerable. Yeah, what we do want to see is is more people in work, and I make absolutely no excuses for that. Um, There is loads of evidence about how important and how beneficial being in work is, uh, not just for your economic well-being, but for your social well-being, your connected to the community, uh, and a range of other benefits. The other part of this reset um, that I wanted to make sure people were aware of is making sure that uh, work and income are more proactive in working with those on the job seeker benefit. And that's one of the reasons behind the 26-week check-in and the the ability for job seekers to come into work and income, uh, make sure that they're getting the right support and actually getting practical steps to help Mm. them find a job. You say you want more people in work. And just coming back to that big picture question again, you remove the employment mandate from the Reserve Bank. They have to have a more razor focus on inflation that is likely or arguably going to mean interest rates stay higher for longer, that there is likely to be an increased slowdown in the economy, that is going to mean higher unemployment. Is that, not, is, is that, is that a, not unreasonable or, or is it reasonable to be putting more pressure on beneficiaries when you are by design effectively, and I know it's the Reserve Bank and they're independent, pushing up unemployment? But what we've seen under the last six years of the Labour government is a widening gap between the unemployment rate and the percentage of people who are on the job seeker benefit. That's the gap that concerns me. And so that's why we're taking sensible steps to reset the welfare system to support more on job seekers into work. Um, and that is the, the very mm. clear focus. Do, do that you I've got. know, do you have evidence 
that it is a relaxed use of or a more relaxed use of existing sanctions that has led to the increase in the job seeker numbers? Well, the, the, the evidence we do have is, is obviously that um, the use or the threat or the use of sanctions does lead to greater work exits. Um, and also the most recent evidence that's come out with the social outcomes model that very clearly shows there's been a massive increase in the average time people will spend on welfare. Is this the Taylor Fry's analysis? Is that the one you're referring to? Yeah, for a young person that's gone up nine years to now be 24 years for someone who's gone on to welfare under 20. Yes, but according to the New Zealand Herald, which has reported on that research, the Taylor Fry research, Taylor Fry itself says it can't say what the exact reasons for the changes are. It says the reasons for these changes are unclear, and that's in reference to the exit rates. So, and that's why we're taking a number of steps. Uh, we announced two yesterday. One is to make sure that the, there are obligations and there are consequences for people who don't meet their obligations to look for work, as well as the proactive check-in um, to make sure that job seekers are coming into work and income getting additional support. If sure, they but, but what it, they're saying is that, is that it's not clear work. why the job seeker... Nobody disputes the fact that the job seeker rate has gone up and it seems odd when you've, got, when you've had low unemployment. But we've obviously had COVID and that was an, a, a disruptor. Now, that seems to be coming off. But Taylor Fry says they can't, they can't explain that there aren't, the exact reasons aren't clear. Would you not have thought it would be good to go and have a look and see why that is rather than just assume it, that it is the use of sanctions? Well, we're, we're clear about the fact that a 57% increase in the number of job seekers on job seeker benefit, at the same time, there was a 58% reduction in the use of sanctions, is empirical evidence enough for us. As I said, there are a number of steps we are taking. There is not one thing that fixes this, um, and that's why these two steps that we announced yesterday are, a range, are part of a range of actions we will take um, to make sure that we give more people on benefit the opportunities and choices that come from work, and I will not remove myself from that focus. So, okay, so you're just going with the current numbers. That's enough evidence for you. You're not going to go into any further research to see what's going on there. Well, we, we're constantly looking at um, what's behind the numbers, what's working, what's not working, uh, and I've talked about... Um, Evidence, um, earlier evidence from, from 2010, I, I accept that doesn't necessarily fit um, the previous government's uh, view when they had contradictory advice. Um, but the social outcomes model, where a young person going on to welfare now, on average, will spend 24 years and a significant increase of 70,000 more people on the job seeker benefit is enough for me to sure. take action okay. and be deeply concerned. Okay, but you, yeah, you talk about your evidence from 2010. The other, other evidence uh, suggests that harsh, harsh sanctions have uh, adverse effects that drive people away rather than closer to employment. I mean, there's a pretty comprehensive report from the Ministry of Social Development for the working group done in 2018 that's gone through all of the literature, looked at overseas examples. New Zealand's the 14th, you know, harshest regime out of 40 countries. What's wrong with that evidence? Well, as I'm saying, there's, there's, there's uh, evidence that provides different points of view, as well as the most recent evidence about the massive increase in benefit numbers. At the same time, there was a massive decrease in the use of sanctions. 
um, as well as the Taylor Fry report, which is just, you know, in the last couple of weeks. Mm. That report's been done every year, and we've had a minister, the previous minister, who doesn't recall ever having seen it, when it clearly demonstrates a welfare system that isn't working and wasn't working and stopped working under her watch. I'm not willing to, to not take action and do everything we can to support more New Zealanders into work. I understand that. It's only I just... fair on those who are also in work, and it's their work and their tax that supports those on welfare. Sure. Just one last it's quick a, question. It's a system that reports that needs just, to... Just one last quick question, if I can. I just want to get this in. You said, it was said yesterday that somebody with cancer would be required to look for part-time work or, or at least be work-ready if they're on that job seeker. I mean... Is that reasonable? I mean, I know, of course, some people with cancer do want to work and, and can work, but that's a you know huge complexity in their life to have the threat of losing their benefit hanging over them at the same time. Yeah, so so they're not on the they're not on the job seeker work ready um, benefit, so they would have different um, obligations. And look, the the frontline staff at Work and Income do an incredible job, and they would know exactly how to deal with. Uh, in individual circumstances like the one that you present. Uh, and if it was appropriate, if they were well enough at that period of time to be looking for part-time work, that would be appropriate. For okay. some, it's not. For some, it's not. And I want to make that point clear. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. That is the Social Development Minister, Louise Upston.